we leave chapter one and enter chapter two with a depressed and hopeless Naomi who is mourning the loss of her sons and husband. She is mourning as a wife and as a mother. And she is in such deep pain and sorrow that she changes her identity. She changes her name from Naomi to Mara to mean bitter, to show how she believes God has forsaken her. Can you imagine being in such a state of darkness that you change your identity to reflect your hopelessness? So the women arrive in Bethlehem, and after a long journey, they do what most of us would want to do, and they want to eat something. Fortunately for Ruth and Naomi, there is an Israelite law in Leviticus 19 that tells them, Now when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. Nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the needy and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. From what this passage tells us, Naomi is still too deep in her sorrow and mourning, so the responsibility falls to Ruth. So Ruth goes to find food with her blessing. Now remember, we as the audience know what's coming, but the characters are still in the thick of it. And while Naomi is still deep in the pain from losing her husband and children, she's probably grateful that Ruth has volunteered to go out and provide for them, but the situation is anything but optimal. Ruth is going out to glean scraps in a field as their sole source of provision. And they have to hope and pray that whoever's field she finds takes this law seriously. And it so happens that Ruth does find someone's field that lets her glean. Some scholars believe that Naomi sent Ruth to Boaz's field, but her reaction later in the chapter tells us that that might not be true. And personally, I think Naomi is still too depressed to be in scheming mother-in-law mode at this point in time. In this passage, we see that it didn't take long from when Boaz entered his field to notice Ruth. Growing up, I was taught that this was probably because he thought Ruth was attractive. But now, as an adult, I realize it was probably because he realized there's a foreign woman that he didn't know gleaning in his field. And this is evident by his next question. He asks his overseer, who does this young woman belong to? When Boaz asks this, what he's really asking is, Who is the person that she's connected to that brought her to Bethlehem? And why is this woman gleaning in a field? Doesn't she have a man to provide for her? And the overseer's response answers both of his questions. He tells Boaz, she is a Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. Now, from a cultural lens, Moabite women didn't have the best reputation because they led the men of Israel away from their God. But here was a woman who was so deeply loyal to her mother-in-law that she left everything and everyone she had ever known to care for her in her loss and mourning, while she herself was mourning the loss of her husband. And to add to her reputation, the overseer tells Boaz, she has been on her feet from early this morning until now, only resting once. So not only is Ruth a woman of great character, she's a hard worker. She's defying all expectations of her here. Now, this conversation between the overseer and Boaz clues us in that Boaz knows who Naomi is and more than likely knows that he is a kinsman redeemer to this family. A kinsman redeemer is a male relative who is supposed to step in and help his family in times of trouble. It's a legal term, and kinsman redeemers were responsible to buy back land if a male relative lost it, buy back his actual relative if he found himself selling himself into servitude so that he could provide, and ensuring that if his relative dies, his wife and children are provided for and his inheritance protected. So we see Boaz 
approach Ruth and immediately start fulfilling this role as redeemer by welcoming her to the field and giving her protection and telling her, now listen, my daughter, do not go glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Now this gives us context as to Ruth's bravery. If Boaz has to go tell the young men not to bother her, one has to wonder what risk Ruth was taking by being a foreign woman gleaning in an Israelite field. And on top of the possible concern for her safety, I imagine no one is extremely keen on being her friend because she is taking advantage of an Israelite law as a foreigner. This elevates Boaz's response from a pleasant surprise or simple act of kindness to something more. His greeting to Ruth probably brought her a deep sense of relief that she and Naomi were going to be okay despite the circumstances stacked against them. It was more than, oh, thank goodness we're not gonna starve, but an offering of a hope that Bethlehem might become a home for them one day. And she shows her gratitude in her response. Then she fell prostrate with her face to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? Ruth was not expecting Boaz's response. She was probably hoping for his indifference or even expecting his rejection from being a foreigner working in his field, and she wants to know why he's being this kind to her. And while Boaz probably knows that he is the kinsman redeemer at this point, I think he wants Ruth to feel seen in this moment. So instead of telling her he's a kinsman redeemer and allowing her to believe that he's doing this out of obligation, Boaz says, all that you have done for your mother-in-law has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land, and you came to people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you take refuge. Boaz sees Ruth and her sacrifice to come and care for Naomi and leave the comfort of her homeland to do it, and he blesses her for it. And he blesses her in the name of the God of Israel, the God under whose wings you have come for refuge. But it's through Boaz's kindness from his actions and his words that Ruth experiences God's refuge. We see Boaz's care of Ruth also when he invites her to come eat with his workers. Not only does this serve to fortify his welcome of Ruth when he presents her to her in the field, but also shows his workers that she is welcome in his community. And then it's okay to befriend this foreign woman. I would like to think that all of the people then started being friends with Ruth after this, and that's nowhere in the text, but I'm gonna choose to believe it anyway. <laughs> Boaz then tells his men to pull out stalks of grain and leave them for Ruth so that she has more than just gleaning scraps. And Ruth goes home with somewhere between 30 to 50 pounds of grain, and when she comes home, Naomi is thrilled because she was expecting mere morsels, and this was enough food for a while. She asks Ruth, where did you glean today? Where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And Ruth tells her, the name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. And Naomi gets excited and starts to become hopeful because Boaz is a kinsman redeemer who now knows that Naomi is back in town, Ruth is with her, and he already appears to be fulfilling his duties by sending Ruth home with such a rich portion of barley. 
So Naomi again instructs her, it is better, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, otherwise someone might bother you in another field. Which again, we see this warning to Ruth that someone may bother her, even though there's a law that specifically tells Israelites to let foreigners glean in their fields. And maybe Naomi was just worried for her daughter-in-law being out and about in a place that she didn't know. But it could also have been that over time, Israel forgot this law and the practice of hospitality in this way faded from their culture. We can't say for sure, but also Israel does not have the best track record of listening to and following through with the things that God tells them to do. So there might be a legitimate concern for Ruth here. Fortunately, Boaz was different. The fact that the overseer allowed Ruth to stay and glean in the field indicates that he knew that his boss would want him to welcome her to the field. But I also wonder if Boaz looked at Ruth and saw his mother. Boaz's mother was Rahab, a foreign woman who helped Israel take the city of Jericho. So maybe he looked at Ruth and saw his mom, and so this was personal to him. Or maybe he's just a man of good character. And then the chapter ends with, so she stayed close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. It doesn't end with happily ever after, not yet. There is nothing overtly spectacular in this chapter about Ruth when we read it as the audience, but if you look through the lens of the characters, you see something entirely different. Ruth could have easily tried to convince Naomi to stay with her in Moab and take care of her there. That would have been noble and kind and more than of what was expected of Ruth back in the ancient world or in our world today. We would commend her for wanting to take care of her mother-in-law at all. Instead, Ruth fully lays down her life to follow Naomi and does so in a manner that honors Naomi as the matriarch of her family. So it's not just a matter of Ruth caring for Naomi and being faithful to her. She could have done that in Moab. What she does is beyond honorable and beyond the expectation of what she's called to do. And so we see Boaz do the same thing for Ruth in this passage. It was entirely possible for Boaz to fulfill his role as kinsman redeemer without being so warm and welcoming and kind to Ruth, but the way he chooses to interact with her makes this story something remarkable. Rather than taking the power in the situation when he learns of Ruth's identity in relationship to Naomi, he honors Naomi by fulfilling his role as kinsman redeemer, and he makes sure that Ruth takes home enough food for her and Naomi but he does it in a way that empowers Ruth and honors her decision to leave Moab and take care of her mother-in-law. In a world where men have more power than women, Boaz has no obligation to do this, but instead he does, and it offers dignity and hope to these women in a time of deep pain and loss. So while this story doesn't have anything wonderful or overtly miraculous to draw us in like other stories of the Old Testament, it's still being read thousands of years later because of its depth, depth of kindness and love and humility and faithfulness. When Derek told me I was preaching on Ruth, I was very disappointed. Um, <laughs> I am not an Old Testament person. I find it to be a dark and confusing thing, and I like things to be fun and light, so I'm more of a New Testament and Jesus girl. Plus, from what little I knew about the book of Ruth, it was a love story, and it seemed like we weren't going to get anything from it. But as I was reading, 
I realized that the reason we have a story at all is because each of these people were faithful. We would not have a story if Naomi had not decided to go back to Bethlehem to live amongst her people, or Ruth had not followed her to care for her, or Boaz had not welcomed and provided for them with such a spirit of humility. Their individual actions serve as a catalyst for the next person's actions, and it moves the plot of the story forward. Together, they give us a story to learn from. And I think the same is true for us as a church. When we are faithful together, we have a better story. My life is proof of this. The reason I went to seminary and the reason I'm here today is because there's a legacy of faithful people in my life who encouraged and cared for me, and their actions serve as catalysts in my story. Their love inspired me to go and learn how to be a better communicator of the gospel, a better teacher, and a better pastor, so one day I could shape and nurture Christian communities to do the same for others that they did for me. And now this is, church is a part of my story too. Reading the story of these characters and how Ruth loved Naomi through her pain and how Boaz cared for these women with humility and selflessness is how I think God wanted the kingdom of Israel to be as a whole. This story helps show us what the will of God looks like on a micro level and the story of Ruth is an illustration of what the legacy of the people of God looks like. In the Old Testament, we see time and time again prophets telling Israel to care for the oppressed and hurting. That was what he wanted for the world thousands of years ago, and he wants the same thing for the world today. But that sometimes feels like a really daunting task for us as the church. There is so much oppression and so much pain in our world. But the book of Ruth gives us hope because it shows us the will of God that was carried out by ordinary, everyday people. And in a world where people constantly grab for power and crave recognition, this story shows us that God does not expect big heroic actions to conquer all of the world's injustice at once. But what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. God asks us to love one another, care for the foreigner, and welcome the stranger. And I think this is good news for us. This is good news for us because we can do those things. We can actively participate in what God is doing in the world and what he is asking of us. And it is through these actions that we're going to honor God and be a part of the story as characters rather than the audience.